you want to travel to Batu, visit TwinSilvalTravelSun.com. Planning a trip to Walt Disney World can be overwhelming. That's why you need the expert planning services of Casey Lucas at TravelSense.com. TwinSilvalTravelSense.com. Casey will help you plan your perfect trip. He will help you find the right resort, fast pass, dining reservations, and even look at typical crowd levels to ensure the best vacation possible. And the best part is, his services are complimentary with your travel package. Visit TwinSunsTravel.com today to book your vacation. And enter pro promo code War of Stars in the comments to receive a free gift with your booking. You are listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Hello everyone and welcome to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I am joined by John Mariano. How are you doing today, John? I can't complain so far. How are you doing? I can't complain myself. I got a little cold, but I'm getting over it, so I'm working through that. But I'm, I'm definitely glad to have you on, and I think a lot of uh, other listeners that are about my age and, you know, if they've got their kids watching it, would appreciate having you on, too. Um, the first thing that I would like to do is maybe have you kind of give us a little rundown of um, what you're known for, like what kind of stuff you've done. Oh, my resume, eh? Um, well, well not the whole thing. Know, but... <laughs> <laughs> just some, just some, uh, some, some points. Um, well, probably most notable, most notably, yeah, see, I know I loved it. I loved it myself. I, um, most notably, um, I guess Animaniacs seems to be a big fan favorite. Mm -hmm. So I probably would be known for that. Uh, I worked on Animaniacs, which just celebrated its 26th anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, I worked in the series. Um, I did a number of different voices in the series. Most notably, there was a section called The Good Feathers, uh, and I played Bobby, which was the lead pigeon. Bada friggin' bing over here. <laughs> um, and depending, I guess, on what generation. I mean, I've done shows like Sunny in Philadelphia was another show that seems to be really big in rotation, and I've done some work on that. Done a lot of sitcoms. Uh, also done a lot of dramas. You know, mostly guests, some reoccurring. Sopranos, you know, is another one that was, mm -hmm. you know, that's, those are those are those shows that kind of like have had some staying power over the years. Much older generations would, you know, remember shows like Married with Children. Right. Yep. Um, I used to watch that Blue. one. Yeah. You know, like, I did like, I did a lot of shows back in the, in the day, like Married with Children, Who's the Boss, um... NYPD Blue, L.A. Law, West Wing. Those are some of like TV shows back in the day that I did a lot of. Wow. I also did a lot of cartoons. You know, I did, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Batman, Superman, a lot of the Warner Brothers stuff, Animaniacs, of course. Jeez. I did some you're stuff just on all over the Brain. place. What's that? I say you're just all over the place. Well, you know, as they say, uh, an actor likes to eat, so 
It's got to work. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, what do you do in between when when you're not acting? What do you do in between? Uh, wait and worry. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> so do you prefer doing voiceover work over actually being on screen? You know, that's a question that's often asked is like kind of like almost like what's your favorite role or what's your favorite job or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like the work in general. I mean, when you're doing voiceover, the benefit of that is that you can do almost anything your voice has the ability to do. In other words, when you're on camera, sometimes, you know, you're harbored with the way you look because that's just your type and your casting, you know, your height, your weight, your age, right? Uh, sometimes your ethnicity, you know, you're going to play certain roles, but when you're doing voice, you know, like I said, one minute, you know, you're a, you're a pigeon and, you know, the next minute you're a wizard casting spells, you know, <laughs> so it doesn't really, you have that kind of freedom uh, that, that sometimes on camera doesn't offer you. But then again, on camera has its benefits, you know. So I kind of like, it's, it, I know it's, it sounds rather hackneyed, but it is true. It's like I really enjoy whatever it is that I am doing at the time. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. That's that's good. Uh, Do you have anything going on right now? Anything developing or something you're working on? Well, yes. However, you know, we're living in an age right now where, full disclosure, we're not permitted to to talk about until it's long released, especially in the world of video games and stuff like that. We, we We are... we are bound by, you know, what is uh, known as NDA, non-disclosure mm-hmm. agreements. And, you know, it's like we can't speak about stuff until it's like, until we get the green light. Um, I just did something a while ago, and I just was allowed to talk about it now, which is the um, the opening of the new Star Wars uh, ride, you know, Galaxy's End, I believe it is. You know, that open up to the theme parks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've, you've, you've heard about that. Yeah, well, I did some voices for that. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, so. Yeah, that's I, really cool. That, that was kind of, ex- yeah, it, I felt the same way. It was kind of like, wow, I get to be, in some small way, I get to be a part of not only Disney, but the Star Wars universe. So yeah. Now oh. I, I know that, you know, in, in both theme parks, at the time, right now, it's probably going to go global, but certainly in California and in Disney World in Florida, the rides have opened, and I know that my voice is playing on a continuous basis as people walk through that ride, so that's kind of fun. That's really cool. I'm kind of envious. <laughs> I'm do... kind of envious, too. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a uh, role in particular that, that you enjoyed more than the others? Oh, that's again a tough question. I mean, obviously, I did. I did enjoy doing Bobby for Good Feathers because it was De Niro, mm-hmm. and uh, I've actually I've done him for quite a number of years. As a matter of fact, I did him like you know, I, I kind of did him in the very, very beginning before before doing a De Niro voice was considered a staple. You know, now you know over time there there are voices that become staples in. in the voiceover world 
Right. Like a William Shatner or a Christopher Walken or an Al Pacino or, you know, there are certain voices that eventually become staples. But this is like way back, you know, when nobody was doing it and I started doing it and I did it in my act. I used to do it in stand-up. I did it when I was with the Groundlings. I did a sketch there many, many years ago, which was De Niro Sings the Supremes. Oh, <laughs> I bet that would be fun so, to hear. It was a kill bit, you know. I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of a slam dunk because it's, you know, the music of, of the Supremes as sung by Robert De Niro. Right. Baby, baby, where did our love go? Don't you want me? Don't you want me no more? Hey, you know, it's just <laughs> like. There it is. I was going to ask you if that's floating around on the internet somewhere, but now I got it right here, firsthand. Actually, actually, it is. If you if you look up, it's it might be on my channel, YouTube channel, but if you look up De Niro sings the Supremes, there is uh, a clip of me doing it. I did it as a sketch originally, uh-huh. and then there uh, there was a guy uh, who ended up wanting to turn it into a sketch uh for a comedy show back in back in i don't know like the 90s or something like that Mm -hmm. Uh, his name is troy troy miller he's a very incredibly talented man so troy miller uh produced you know he directed this and we shot it uh in a as a pay-per-view that's how we shot that's how the gag was done so we took the sketch and it was turned into a pay-per-view event you know one night only robert de niro sings the supremes so if you go online, you know, and it definitely if you go on the John Mariano uh, on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, you can definitely see it on there if, if you have any interest to see the visual of it. Oh, I'm, you better believe I'm going to go check that out. I think everybody better go check that out. <laughs> oh. Hit and subscribe. That's what they say. Hit and subscribe. Right? Like subscribe and subscribe. to my YouTube channel. <laughs> um, is there anybody that you would... If you had a a choice, they said you could work with anybody. Who would it be? That list is endless. I've been fortunate <laughs> enough to work with some amazing people in in the, in the industry, both what they would consider old Hollywood and new Hollywood. I've been very very lucky in that respect. Oh, okay. Um, now most of a lot of people that I would probably love to work with are no longer with us, unfortunately, because I'm going back to like classic comedians and stuff like that. You know, if I had a chance to work with the Marx Brothers or Buster Keaton, probably oh, some yeah. of your viewers would have to, your listeners would probably have to, to Google those names, but, you know, like Buster <laughs> Keaton, Jerry Lewis, you know, yeah. the, the Marx Brothers, Abbott and Costello. Those are, those are, the, those are my teachers growing up. Okay. I can see. All right. That, that would be entertaining. I think you'd get along with Abbott and Costello just based off of uh, what, what I've heard from you so far. <laughs> so well, you know, it, it, those those guys that, that those were the guys that taught me about comedy as a kid. You know, because that's the only thing I had. A, this was long before there was the internet. Right. I'm talking about right. I'm talking about caveman days when the only thing we had was television and radio. <laughs> so, and when you were only you know you only watched what was on, and that was what was on. Right. So you would you would say that they were probably part of your biggest inspiration to becoming who you are now. Well, they were definitely, you know, I mean, it was definitely an influence. I mm-hmm. mean, like I said, that's what I had. Those were my babysitters, you know, all those films. Right. From those guys and more, Lowell Hardy and W.C. Fields and the Bowery Boys, and the list goes on and on and on. 
those are some of my my influences. And then, of course, the classic Warner Brothers cartoons, Popeye cartoons, you know, all that stuff, because that was what I had as a child. That's what I had access to. Okay. So they definitely were... They were they were entertaining and they were educational, in some respects. I would have never learned about a lot of things if it wasn't for some cartoons. Believe it or not. No, that's that's pretty fair. I would say they seem like the older cartoons. They kind of wrapped up the humor with a, a little dose of, um, you know, lesson to be learned kind of thing. Well, well you know, listen, I, I didn't even. I didn't know about classical music, nor did I have access to it. But if you watch the old Looney Tunes cartoons, they're just filled with classical music. And that was what my first sort of exposure to, to classical music, which, of course, would lead me to, to want to discover other aspects of music and such. Mm-hmm. Animaniacs pretty much tried to do the same thing. I mean, they wanted to replicate the style and the feel of those classic cartoons, cartoons that were geared more towards adults than they were towards children. Right. You know, they didn't they didn't play down, they played up. Do you suppose that's why they they called it when they spelled Looney Tunes it was T U N E S? You know, I'm not too, I'm not too sure. <laughs> I, I, I don't know I don't know if that's the I don't know if that's the the origin story. Um I I ask the hard-hitting I, questions around here. <laughs> you do, you do, and if I, and if I was on Google right now, I would give you a legitimate answer. <laughs> no, no, that's good, that's good. I, I like answers from the people's hearts. Uh, anybody can search Google these days. So you know, we've kind of been talking the last few minutes about kind of things from your childhood and things that, in a sense, sound like they kind of brought you a little bit of, of happiness and stuff. So let's go the other direction. And uh, was there ever a time that you wanted to walk off set? Well, there was a time when I wanted to walk off set. Yeah. Was there ever a time that something or someone made you angry enough that you almost said, you know what, enough of this, I'm out of here? I don't think I would be able, you know, I, I... I was kind of raised where, like, you know, with, with a work ethic, mm-hmm. um, you know, you. I've worked a lot of hard jobs, I mean, straight jobs, you know, growing up and stuff. And, you know, you, when you're hired to work, that's what you do. Now, granted, there are some jobs that are, you know, just glorious to work with, mm-hmm. to work on, you know, to people and the people are really, it's just... It's just great. But like in any, you know, in any work environment, some jobs are easier than others. I mean, and, and that's when it becomes, you know, work. Um, but to walk off a set, I don't think I would, because we spend most of our time trying to walk onto a set. That's fair. That's very fair. You know, I mean, we really, you know, as, as, as actors, you know, we, we really want to be, we want to be on a set. Where we want to be is on a stage or on a set. Because that's where the that's where the magic happens. That's where the creativity occurs and such, for us anyway. And it's yeah. also you know working with different people. Now there's always going to be different personalities anywhere you go, and it's a question of how you can work with with these personalities. And that's that's part of the that's part of work is is to to kind of figure out okay, well how am I going to how am I going to work with this person? Most of the time I've been very fortunate. 
there's been some there's been some challenging moments or challenging conditions. Okay. But, you know. Yeah. The only time I the only time I walk off a set is when they say, "Okay, that's a wrap." <laughs> that's good. That's good. I, you know, I think that's kind of um, probably lacking in this day and age is is a little bit of that work ethic. I think. I think it's kind of dwindled away, in my own personal opinion. Um, so you know, we've kind of gone through and we've discussed the questions you've probably been asked before. Um, but this is the part where I kind of derail the show a little bit and I, I kind of want to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so okay. I'm going to ask you, let me get my, let me get my seatbelts on in case we have a bumpy ride. Oh, n- nothing will be too personal. I won't, I won't dig deep like that, but, um, I definitely, <laughs> some of these are going to make you think a little bit. So, you know, jumping right into this head first here. Uh, if you had a time machine, what would you do with it? Uh, well, I would probably check and see if it, if it was running correctly. <laughs> That's fair. I checked the time. I checked the time. Now, what would I do with a time machine? I well, I don't think I would make eggs, but uh, I would probably <laughs> see if I could use it for something, and I would either probably go ahead in time or back in time. Because that's pretty much where a lot of us live anyway. I don't know how... It's very hard to live in the moment. And that's what I'm trying... I'm trying right now, I'm trying to do Friday. But truth be told, my head is going to be either, you know, a week ago or uh, 10 years ago, or it'll be in the future. But I would probably use it to try and, you know, go to a different point in time. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I mean, that's the very literal definition of what a time machine would do. <laughs> yeah, I so, saw the movie, so I, I know how it's run. Um, do you prefer cats or dogs? Well, you know, I use actually both. I got, I, yeah, I, I know that sounds like a like just you know like one of those political answers, but it's true. I like both. Right? Uh, I was more of a dog person um, for quite some time until. I was very fortunate enough to be befriended by a feral cat. Oh wow! Uh, who I, who I, yeah, but, you know, like they say, you know, well, animals adopt you, you don't adopt them, and there right. was a cat that adopted me at one point, and I, you know, I began taking care of this cat, and I just fell in love with the cat, and you know, we were, we were close for a while, and um, and then I began to appreciate, you know, cats. Because, you know, I mean, the great thing about a cat is, like, you don't have to get up at 3 o'clock and, you know, in the morning and have to walk the cat. Right, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> oh. they, they're pretty self-sufficient like that, so, yeah. Pretty pretty much. I mean, like, this, I mean, I was fortunate that this cat was very affectionate. You know, kind of cats kind of, like, do their thing, and it's like, don't bother me. But this cat was surprisingly very, very attentive and very affectionate, so... You know, I, I caught a break with that. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a really good cat. Uh, is Within legal bounds, are you able to tell me <laughs> what the strangest thing you've ever done was? The strangest thing? Huh. These are like long pauses. I mean, I'm in show business. Everything I've done <laughs> is strange. Well, that's fair. You know, I I would not doubt that. 
And uh, you know, the oh. long pauses, the, it is what it is. I'm asking questions. I'm asking you to think, putting you on the spot, you know, and this is where I think the show kind of shines. You got to think back a little bit and, you know, give us a, a little gem from your memory. I fell into a kiddie pool of pancake batter once. <laughs> I have no idea what how to even respond to that. <laughs> See, actually, well, it was for it, it was for a show. It was a great little show that was done by the Kyoto Brothers uh, and Howie Mandel. It was a show called uh, The Amazing Life Sea Monkeys, and uh, we did this one episode where. Um, they, it was kind of like a sort of a parody, the episode of like Home Alone, and I played one of the the robbers who were trying to break into the this lighthouse, which was the set of the main characters. And this one character who was Home Alone devised an, an elaborate um, plan to thwart the robbers. And the ending of that particular Rube Goldberg esque scene mm-hmm. was, and people have to Google that as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, was that you know Annette came down and I, I me and my partner and I fell into this vat of what turned out to be pancake batter, um, and we're you know just splashing around in that, and we were just wrapped up in a net splashing around in pancake batter. That was kind of <laughs> strange, but it was like I said, it was for for a kids show. The yeah. real bad part of it is this is what and what I didn't realize. Now you know you figure all right. Falling into pancake batter is like falling into like mud or, or pudding or some kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then came the time to clean up after that scene. And what happens with pancake batter after it kind of dries up? Mm-hmm. It's as though you have little pieces of gum stuck to every hair on your body. Uh. <laughs> and I remember having, and the shower that I had to take was a, was a cold shower. And I remember trying to scrape off this this congealed, you know, balls of pancake batter that was stuck to my body. It was like a bad I Love Lucy episode. Oh, I can only imagine how terrible that was. There we go. See, strangest thing right there. It may have been for a kid's show, but that was definitely a strange thing. Um, it's, in, it's in the legal bounds. So. Right, right. So keeping it clean and keeping it legal. So talking about uh, um, legal and all that, would you say you were a good kid or a bad kid? Hmm. Well, let's see. You know, I, I mean, sure, it I'm probably my, depends my, my, on who you ask, but yeah. Well, I mean, look, we all have our moments, and I've had quite a few of them. <laughs> I guess. In retrospect, you know, the way you can classify it is I was a curious child. <laughs> All right. That's a good one. So so I almost burnt the house down once, but there was a reason behind it. <laughs> was there a spider? No. Actually, see, this is where I, I obviously I was destined for show business. I had these plastic toys. They were monster toys. Okay. And I must have saw – see, you know, I was very – I was – Easily influenced. So whatever I'd watched, I, I and obviously that's why I guess I got into to the business. But whatever I watched, I wanted to do or replicate in some way. 
All right. I must have been watching some kind of a horror film or something. It might have been House of Wax or something like that. But it was one of those movies where, like, the monsters, like, his face was melting, you know? Oh, so okay. I tried to replicate that with one of my plastic toys. Now, mind you, I, I don't have the kind of ex- the special effects that Universal Pictures has, so I had to do it my my own way, which was to turn on the stove and hold this plastic toy over the stove and watch it melt and then make all the sound effects that the monster would make in the movie. <laughs> and I figured, okay, that's fine, you know? Yeah. That's done, that's done, and when it was done, of course, I you know ran it under the water, uh, the sink, and then I threw it in the garbage. But apparently, I didn't do it successfully enough, and the the garbage caught fire. The you know the garbage pail, like the the, the contents of the the garbage pail caught fire, and oh now, you know, I must have been like five years old, so you know it wasn't like college. I was like five years old, right? And you know, flame, the flames started shooting up, and I. I tried to put it out, you know, I put it in the sink, I, I added water, and and then I, you know, I figured that was it, and I put it down, and then it started to smoke, and then it caught fire again, and then the flames were starting to shoot up, and they were starting to, like, they were getting dangerously close to the curtains by the window, and I just panicked, you know, because now I was like, uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, so wow. I ran down to my, I ran down to my, to where my parents were, and I was like, the, the house is on fire. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm sure that was a, so I, a lovely way to be woken up. I was uh, I was uh, precocious, if you will, and curious. That's all. That's all. All right. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's a good price these days. <laughs> so you had said um, uh, prior. Um, when we first started that you had done some stuff with um, Superman and Batman. So this, this question kind of harkens to that, but I was, if you had to choose between invisibility or flight, which of the superpowers would you choose? Hmm. I think I answered this question on a dating site somewhere. <laughs> um, let's see. I think, when I answered it before, I think I might have said flight, because then it would afford me the ability to go wherever I needed to go, and not sit in traffic. See so, that that'd be beautiful, especially out in California. Yeah. yeah, the money I'd save on gas alone would would afford me a a, a nice mansion somewhere. <laughs> that's that's good. That's good. So. Um, you know, talking about uh, flying anywhere and whatnot, um, what would you say was the most interesting vacation you've ever been on? Hmm. Well, I've been fortunate that a lot of the jobs that I've done have been uh, locations, most of them in the United States. Okay. And for me, for me, that's kind of like a paid vacation. I mean, I love that. I, I love that scenario. Right. You, know, you fly out, you work on a location, you know, you're in a different state or country or whatever else, you get to sample the culture and you and you get to work. To me that's like a winning combination. One of the best I I'd say was um I I went to Greece many years ago. Oh. And that was a really great experience. I was in um I was in Athens 
and I was also in one of the islands, which is called Rhodes or Rhodos. I was in the Isle of Rhodes, which was just absolutely magnificent. And you know, the the, the beaches were amazing. And I'm not that much of a beach person, but the beaches there are incredible because the sand is like, you know, like white, and the water is warm and turquoise, and the sky is so clear and the stars are so bright. I remember looking up at the stars and thinking, like, well, now I can understand where where astrology, you know, where they, the Greeks, you know, yeah. decided to do astrology because, you know, the, the stars are so readily available. They're so, they seem like you could almost reach out and touch them. It was just beautiful. So yeah. that was, like, a really great experience. That sounds amazing. I'd, I'd love to see something like that. That's great. Perhaps you will someday, my boy. Perhaps you will. Yeah. Maybe one of these days, bang, zoom to the moon. You never, you never know, Alice. <laughs> so the last question that I have for you, and you know, you might not even have an answer to this one, but we'll give her a go. Is uh, what's the weirdest question you've ever been asked? Uh, probably that one. No, um, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> weirdest question I've ever been asked. I I've, oh, I wish I had I think it would probably be uh how do you feel about pancake batter? Well I don't know if it's weird but I know how I feel about it. Um <laughs> I don't know if it I don't know if it's a weird question but I remember I was um let's see. Well I don't know if it was weird but it just felt I'm I'm you know my my background, I'm, I'm, you know, Italian. My parents were Italian, so I'm Italian by association. <laughs> and I remember meeting this, uh, this actually this this girl I worked with many years ago when I was in college. And I get it's as though she had never came across any other ethnicity. She was a, she was a, I don't know, a, a, a white girl. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a, what's appropriate? What what's a, a white American? I guess is is that uh, Anglo American? I don't even know what the political, yeah. politically correct word. I don't know what the politically correct term would be to use, but she was a, an Anglo-American, um, a blonde girl in nature, and she—it's as though this was her first discovery. Oh, that was my uh, my computer sounding off. I apologize for that. That's all um, right. You'll have to you have to edit that out. <laughs> she 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 looked at me and she's like she said like so like you're Italian right so like do you just like eat spaghetti? Wow, that was her that was your question. <laughs> I just looked at her and I was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. We just eat spaghetti. I eat spaghetti. We have spaghetti sandwiches in the morning. I have a nice bowl of spaghetti and bananas, <laughs> and um, yeah, pretty much. That's all we eat is spaghetti. Wow, so, that's I, I don't know if it was. I don't know if it, it would be considered a weird question, but it certainly was kind of like one of those, huh? Yeah, yeah. I would take that as a definite strange, the strange question. I would, I would definitely go that route. Yeah. But um, look, John, that was all the questions I had for you. So what we're done already? Yeah, oh, I know. I told you we flew through those with a quickness. But um, ladies I, and gentlemen, this I is hope, what's that, sir? I I just said I hope I passed the test. <laughs> you did all right. B plus. Oh. 
<laughs> B plus? Oh, it's time for extra credit, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but, go ahead, finish, finish your outro, and I'll say goodbye. Well, I was just going to say, ladies and gentlemen, this has been John Mariano, so I'm going to turn it over to you for a minute, John. You can tell uh, the lovely listeners where they can go to see more of your antics. More of my antics? Well, whatever you do, don't come to my house. That's where most of the antics occur. But you could check me out on YouTube. You could check me out on Facebook. Um, and, you know, I'm sure I'm popping up somewhere either on your TV uh, or actually probably your, your, your phone these days, but in some incarnation, either in some TV show or some video game, or you might probably hear me uh, in some cartoon at some point. Because a lot of the stuff that I have kind of now is in syndication. And so it's playing somewhere in the world. Uh, that much I can tell you. When, I don't always know. But I'm sure if you look me up sometimes, they'll, they'll, actually, you know, they'll actually give you ideas of what might be screening where. Nice. There you go. All right, John. Well, it has been a pleasure. And I want to thank you again for coming on the show and uh, letting us get to pick your brain a little bit and get to know you a little bit better. Hey, listen, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the time. I wish you all the best with your show. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to talk again sometime. I hope so, too. And I'll come up with some more uh, doozies of questions for you. <laughs> you got it, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Breaking the Fourth Wall. Uh, make sure to keep an eye out for more episodes. Thank you and have a good night.